Well, it was a battle between the 2022 Angels offense versus the 2021 Angels bullpen. Who would win, John? Who would win? We're going to talk about oh, last sorry. night's hey, uh, game. Are you dead are you awake? <laughs> yeah. We're also going to look at our off-season free agent signings and ask the question, who's trending up and who's trending down? I think we all know the answer to that one. And it's part two of our series, Players, who played for both the Halos and the Royals. And today we're talking about the biggest name, Bo Jackson. You're Locked On with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Those listening on the audio side, you can rate and review the pod. And those watching on the video side, you can subscribe and click the bell to be notified every time a new episode drops. And today's episode's brought to you by Sports Card Investor App. Welcome to the world of trading cards reimagined. Stay tuned later in the show for more information on this awesome new tool for collectors. You're going to want to check out the Sports Card Investor app. Hey, thanks for joining us for this edition of Locked On Angels. You've got the Frisch Brothers, aka the Super Halo Bros here with you. My name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. Mike, you and I have been fans for a long, long time, and the Angels used to play the song Buttercup in the seventh after the seventh inning stretch. And uh, that term has endearingly become the term for the Angels are looking like they're going to win it, and then they blow it. We lovingly refer to that as being buttercuped. That was what happened last night in last night's game. Mom always said, if you can't say something nice, you shouldn't say anything at all. I'm going to break that Mom's rule. wrong. <laughs> I'm going to break that rule right now. I am so frustrated I'm with this team. I, 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 I. I hate these guys. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't they have lost at 9.30 so that we could record this episode sooner? Because I'm going to be up all night doing so this thing. Much so if better. you're listening to this tomorrow morning, uh, well, I guess Tuesday morning. What day is it? I don't even know. Wednesday morning? <laughs> Good grief, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. So we, we did lose 12 to 11. Shohei Otani put the whole team on his back. As he always runs, does. Eight RBIs. Jared Walsh is one hit away from another cycle. And yet we still find ways to lose this game because the 2021 Angels bullpen showed up and decided that every time the Royals would come up to the plate, we would just lob those softballs in to every batter (laughs) and then allow them to score every single time. And even as these guys came back in, I think it was the sixth inning and then in the ninth inning, and we even scored another run in the 11th inning. And and Shohei was the one who got the run, by the way. It's just so frustrating. And and the thing that's frustrating, and I think all Angel fans would agree, is that nothing changes. No. Nothing happens. It's just the same guys that were running out there with the same bullpen. And there is there's conversations with Perry who goes, well, you know, we're really looking into the team and we're really... Shut up and do something, please. <laughs> Can I tell you something? Yes, Mookie, please. Mookie Betts got hurt uh, this weekend. The yep. Dodgers are already in the market for a left fielder. I'm pretty sure they already made a trade. <laughs> yeah, they got they got Trace Thompson. Yeah. They made a trade for Trace Thompson, who they knew they had history with. Right. And he is a great backup, and he'll fill in nicely for Mookie. And then we have a third baseman that goes down, and what do we do? Ah, we'll throw Duffy over there. We'll f- he'll yeah, figure it out. Let him back clean up, have 19 left-on people on base. <laughs> like, let, let's just do that, right? Look, uh, going, to, going to Quijada in that 11th inning, it's like you have nobody left, and Quijada's been electric lately, so I, I understand the move there. But, of course... It, it, when it comes down to it, we just can't keep the lead at the at 
the tie that it was. And so we give it away to the Royals. I, I did. I wanted to say so many nice things yeah. about this team tonight. Shohei yeah. hitting two three-run home runs, getting two sacrifice flies, eight total RBIs, almost reaching Garrett Anderson's 10 RBI game, and uh, just couldn't make it happen. But, man, if I'm Shohei, like, I'm I'm done. I'm off this team. <laughs> I'm done. Am I done? Yeah. I'm not done. Shohei, if I was Shohei, I'd be done. Yeah. But yeah. I wanted to say that how great that was. I wanted to say how great it was to see Phil Nevin get out there and get ejected because of that stupid balk that happened that wasn't right. a balk. Right. And then just how undeniably bad the strike zone was. I tweeted, oh, I get it. So squeeze Reed Detmers and expand for the Royals. Got it. Noted. Got it. Hmm. And even even later on in the game, the Angels got some calls on their side, but it seemed like every time they were up to bat is when the bad calls would rear their ugly head. So it's just a disaster of a game. You had Reed Detmers go in for five innings, five hits, five runs, and six Ks on 95 pitches. And like I told you, I was like, can he get past the fifth? And yeah. he, he got there, but not without the damage along the way. And the problem I've seen with Reed Detmers is that he's he, he gave up that first inning home run. It was a solo shot. And you saw him get two outs on like four pitches in that first inning. And then he yeah. took him 20, 20 pitches to get out of it after that home run. But the the poor kid, he's 22, he loses confidence the minute something goes wrong. Because right. he no longer will throw his off-speed stuff in the zone. And they had a great graphic on Bally Sports that showed you the difference in distance in his fastball and his changeup and his curveball. Like... There's a huge miles per hour difference between those pitches, but if you're not throwing them in the zone, then you're not going to get swings and misses, and you're not going to be fooling anybody. And that's why he was at 40 pitches by the second inning. So yeah, ugh, I don't know, man. Just frustrating. Here's the thing, Johnny, and you know I'm a Reed Detmers fan, yeah. but is it time to send him down? Is it time to send I, him down and bring up another arm? I mean, it's it happens to the best. It happens to people who get no hitters all the time. Then they kind of fall apart and the thing about that no hitter was is he was using his stuff and he was being deceptive and he was trusting who he was so i don't know man i think you got to build some confidence these guys are the angels are really shoestringing it together with the six-man rotation because we have had a who's who of six guys in this rotation we had jose suarez and kenny rosenberg and and just a number of different starters jonathan diaz so that sixth spot in the rotation has not been solidified at all this season other than when Suarez started in that position and they seem to uh they seem to have lost their way so I, I I'm with you it would might be beneficial to send him down but but then who do you have in his place because yeah you exhausted all of your options I think you bring up I think you bring up Kai Bush I mean the guys having yeah, a incredible his last three or four starts have been incredible and I know that they've been wondering about like is he going to be able to handle that and I yeah. think that you just throw him up there because this at this point it, it's it's a season that is slowly, slowly getting lost, and and I don't I don't know if there's even hope to try to get that last wild card spot. And here's the thing: it it's slowly getting lost. And there's a couple of indicators. One I think is is Reed Detmers. The other one is if you're pinch hitting Brandon Marsh for Juan Lagares, then you you're choosing to lose <laughs> because of a lefty matchup. Like give yeah. me a break. And what give did he do? He grounded out. Like Marsh yeah. could have done that. So let Marsh have a hit. Right. Honestly, this is why Joe Adele should be on this team. I fought 100%. for that, and 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 he should be the fourth outfielder because yeah, he may not get the at bats and he may not be playing all the time. But listen, I would rather have him up in that position if you're going to pinch hit. I'd rather right. have him up there yeah. because he's. At least he's going to hustle. He's going to 
no run. business being on this team. No, no business at all. Batting 200, no. zero RBI, zero home runs. No bit. What is the obsession the Angels have with Juan Lagares and having him on this team? Does he yeah. have blackmail on somebody? Does he got pictures Has of Perry to. Manassian? Like, Has to. What's happening here? So, yeah, Joe Adele, I don't care if he's not in the lineup every day, but if you're going to pinch hit Marsh to do a matchup thing, yeah. then it might as well be Joe Adele. If you're going to sit Brandon, buddy. if you're going to sit Brandon Marsh. <laughs> on a day where you don't want a lefty-lefty matchup. Joe Adele should be there. You yeah. want to give him at-bats? Give him major league at-bats because we know he can be good in AAA. Yeah. And if what's the solution if he's not there anyway? Because you already have your three outfielders. And so it, are you going to hang on to him? Are you going to let him go? Are you going to trade him? What are you going to do? Because the, the outfield is full. The outfield yeah. is full by all accounts. So he's either a fourth outfielder or he's not on this team. Yeah, and and we need to punt Renjifo into the sun, and we need to bring up <laughs> Stefanik when he's healthy, because we need that we need that offense. I mean, every time Renjifo gets up there, he's either hitting a long fly ball to the warning track, or he's popping up in the infield. He's not helping this team whatsoever. And then when he gets hits, they're they're kind of like Howie Kendrick hits, right? Remember when Howie would have a ton yes. of RBIs, but we'd either be really far up or we'd be really far down. Right. And that's what it feels like. Like when with Renjifo, he's not helping this team at all. No, I told my wife that uh, if if the Royals wanted to, they could walk Jared Walsh and walk in the run and make it twelve to eleven, so that they could pitch to Renjifo because yeah. it would have been an automatic out. <laughs> Absolutely, my wife didn't even say good night to me well, last night because I was so mad. She just waved at me and said, uh, "I'll see you in bed." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think my wife kind of felt the same way too. <laughs> All right. Well, we have to apologize, but before we apologize, the Angels should apologize to us. Seriously, right? they're six and fifteen in June, and and that's just pathetic. And this is the the month where you need to get things together, and Especially they just against haven't the Royals. Yeah, this is awful. It's awful, John. Like it's if, awful. If, if they can't win these games against the Royals, look, I know yesterday we said, hey, it's okay, it's one game, let's win the series. They could have won this series four times. Are you ever in a traffic light and there's somebody in front of you making a left turn, and you got to make a left turn, and there's traffic coming your way, but yep. then they like wait for the person way down the road, and you say to yourself, you could have you could have made that left turn five times before that person <laughs> yeah. got here. That's what last night felt like. <laughs> yeah. For the record, I don't say that to myself. I say it out loud, so yes. I, I, I want them to hear me. <laughs> Coming up on Locked On Angels, John and I are going to look at the offseason signings, and it's a lot of bullpen guys, and we're going to tell you who's trending up and trending down. But first, I want to tell you about the Sports Card Investor app. John and I collect baseball cards, and we collected baseball cards as kids. My son actually just found all of my cards under his bed, and so we were going through them. I've got a ton of Angel cards, Tim <laughs> Salmon cards. <laughs> when I was home at, for Father's Day, I was trying to find... The baseball cards are around there somewhere. I got to dig a little deeper. Yeah. I, I love baseball cards and I would, I go, I buy them all the time and then I'll just stick them in a little container. And I remember as a kid, you'd have to like buy the magazine to see how much the cards were worth. And if you bought the magazine, like at one point, then the card value would change. Right. And that's what I love about this app. It's the reimagined world of sports cards and the sports card investor app is the hobby's most powerful resource. You can quickly check the value of your favorite cards, find great deals, and you can profit from your card collecting hobby. It's available free in the Google Play and Apple app stores. The sports card investor app is a must have for baseball fans. So whether you're a casual 
card collector or you're looking for an exciting alternative investment opportunity, this app has something for you. So download the Sports Card Investor app today. Again, available free in the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store or go to sportscardinvestor.com slash locked on. Thank you for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. We know that you're here because you're a loyal fan. And after a game like last night, you are an even more loyal fan. But if you're an NBA fan, make your second listen the Locked On NBA channel. They are going live on NBA Draft Night. And how cool is that? So if you have a favorite NBA team, make sure you subscribe right now to their Locked On YouTube channel. So that way you can get notified when they go live on NBA Draft Night. If you have a favorite NBA team, they're all going to be live that night. It's going to be really fun. So make sure you don't miss out on the big NBA Draft. Find out where those players are going and find out if they're going to your favorite team. So as we play the Royals and we sink deeper and deeper into depression, we've decided (laughs) that we would look at the guys who have played for the Angels and for the Royals. So yesterday we talked about Wally Joyner and we talked about Gary Gaetti. We even talked about Gooby. Today is part two and we're focusing on the biggest name that played for both of those teams and that is the one and only Bo Jackson. Oh no. I love Bo. I love Bo Jackson, man. I will tell you anything Bo Jackson, I'm all about. I don't know if you saw the 30 for 30 that ESPN did a few years ago on Bo. Yeah. It was incredible. Told his story and then it t- talked about like his injury and as they're telling his story, he's got a bow and arrow and he's awesome at that, right? <laughs> of course and so he is. his first name's Bo. <laughs> right. That old like Nike commercial where it was Bo knows this yep. and Bo knows that. It, that wasn't a lie. It was true, yeah. John. <laughs> and yeah. so I loved watching Bo Jackson. He played for five years for the Royals and was really the face of that franchise. Yeah. He hit long, long, long home runs. He made spectacular catches. There's one where he runs up on the outfield wall. I don't know if you've ever seen that video oh, yeah. or not. And then the the fun one, and actually Harold Reynolds talked about it with Maddie V and Gooby when they were in Seattle, yeah. is when Harold was going to score from, I believe, first base, and Bo nailed him I've at home plate, that, yeah. and he shouldn't have. Yeah. Every other outfielder would not have been able to make that throw. Bo was head and shoulders above the competition. And so I remember at 14 years old when he signed with the Halos, I was thrilled. And I got to see him live one time. He pinch hit in the game that I went to. And when he came out, it was like... It was like when I took my son to go to SmackDown and Brock Lesnar showed up. <laughs> we were like two rows from the ring and Brock is walking around and both Gavin and I were like, that guy is freaking humongous. <laughs> and I remember Massive. at 14, here comes Bo Jackson and his his thigh is like three sizes my size. And <laughs> I, he gets up to the plate and I think he popped out, but even when he popped out, and even being a guy who came back from surgery, you could just still hear the thunder in his back. Mm-hmm. And, and he didn't have a bad season with the Angels. In fact, it was just one It was one season, 75 games, but he had an 850 OPS with 13 home runs. Nice. But just after that, he, he retired because of, of the injury. But I, I didn't get to see him too often when he played for the Royals. I was too young. But watching him play for the Angels was a whole lot of fun, Johnny. I bet. And, and to be a two-sport kind of guy, too, you don't see that 
very often anymore. You kind of see the teases when the football players will play with their teams in spring training, but you haven't seen a two-sport guy like that. And how how does that feel? Like, because I missed that a lot when I was younger. I didn't, you know, wasn't paying as much attention. How close does something like what Bo Jackson did feel like Shohei Otani. Do you see a, a similarity there, a comparison yeah, that's, there? That's a great that's a great comparison. And I think that the excitement and the level of excitement was like what we're feeling with Shohei. Yeah. Deion Sanders was another guy that's that right. actually was like that. He was really great in the NFL, not as great in the MLB. He had some good seasons, stole some bases, played for a lot longer, and so that gave him a bit more credibility. But I think those two guys, both specifically, had a unicorn feel because it was yeah. just something that it was something that you just never saw. And then there was one other guy, Brian Jordan. He played for the Falcons, and then he yeah. played for the St. Louis Cardinals. But it wasn't as prominent as Bo Jackson. So I, what I what I can remember from my high school years and before that, there was this awe of man, that's Bo Jackson. And when that Nike commercial came out of mm-hmm. Bo Knows, like, again, it was legit. This guy felt like he could do whatever. Bo Knows tennis and Bo Knows cricket and Bo Knows all of these things, right? And so to answer your question, yes, there was kind of a Shohei Otani vibe yeah. with Bo Jackson. Now, uh, what was better, the Bo Knows commercials or the Mr. Perfect promos where he throws the football down the field <laughs> and catches it himself? Where do you rate those? Listen, I'm a fan of Kurt Henning, so I probably am going to have to pick Mr. Perfect because <laughs> when that guy would spit his gum out and do it live and then hit the gum, right, or when he would throw his towel behind him, like that guy was just so, so good. And now you all know that we are truly nerds because we are fans of Mr. Perfect. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, so this has been fun as we've been playing the Royals covering all of the different players and uh, we've got a few more Mike we, we are going to talk about Zach Granke on tomorrow's episode and uh, maybe a little Bob Boone as well so yeah. thank you for everybody who uh, who, who uh, messaged us and said hey what about these guys so yeah. glad we're able to do that but uh, we couldn't pass up the opportunity to talk about Bo Jackson <laughs> Today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. As your small business grows, LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people that you want to talk to faster and for free. I wonder if they can actually help Perry find the guys in the minor leagues to bring up so that we can have some offense and some pitching for the Angels. I'm going to have to talk to LinkedIn. You can create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. There might be some relief pitchers in that. Simple tools like screening questions will make it easy to find candidates with just the right skills and experience so that you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rank LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs will help you find the candidates that you want to talk to and help you find them a lot faster. And did you know that nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. Again, linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. You can post your job for free and there are some terms and conditions that do apply. All right. 
right, for our final segment of the day, we're going to talk about the guys that we signed this past offseason and ask the question, who's trending up and who's trending down? Down. And uh, I think this is a perfect (laughs) time to examine uh, who's trending up and who's trending down because after a night like last night, oh boy, it's frustrating. It's difficult. (laughs) And you really had a lot of hope coming into the season because of the reputation and the prior experience of a lot of these guys. One guy in particular that I was excited to see on this team when he got signed was Aaron Loop, a lefty. And we really could use a strong lefty out of the pen. But man, talk about a major difference in his appearances this season. Uh, Sam Blum from The Athletic tweeted this out, and he said, Aaron Loop's first 17 games a 1.62 ERA in 16 and two-thirds innings pitched. And the last 13 games, Michael, eight and a third inning, innings pitched, and a 10.80 ERA. And that's not even including last night. (laughs) No, not including last night. Yeah. And uh, the problem is, is he's not missing any bats. And if you looked at the exit velocity on his pitches last night, you saw that they were all way up there in the hundreds and so you saw 101 104 you know that kind of stuff and he's just not I don't know what it is in his approach that's different from when he was with the Mets I went back and looked at his season last season and saw that I mean obviously we're all impressed by the 095 ERA right Right, and that's what got us excited about him but when it comes to he had a 50% something ground ball rate or something around there and so it just doesn't seem he doesn't seem to be as effective right now and I understand that there's the issue of facing the the minimum three batters where he is going to end up in a situation where he's facing the opposite handed batter, in this case, a right handed batter. And you want that lefty lefty matchup. But when it comes to the last couple of years, we've had that three batter minimum rule in play for a while. So this is right. nothing new for Aaron Loop. Now, I will say this. If a pitcher who's come into the inning has faced three and perhaps has two outs, then Aaron Loop comes in and gets the last out of the inning, then he's done. He doesn't have to face Correct. any yeah. more uh, batters than that three. So it's either the three batter minimum or getting him to the end of the inning. So I'm an, I'm curious, I might investigate, did the Mets use him in situations like that or was mm. he just really, really good last year and we got deceived? Remember all the stats about Steve Ciszek and people were like, boy, he'd be a great trade candidate or he'd be a great signing in the offseason and we were all as angel fans went no don't do it yeah yeah (laughs) unless you're in our division don't do it right (laughs) i kind of feel like maybe we got we got c-shecked a little bit by by aaron loop but i need to do more research about that before i uh get to that conclusion but uh tell me about archie bradley archie bradley actually is trending up a bit in june five and two thirds he has a 318 era it seems like phil nevin is using him in high leverage situations Mm -hmm. and Hollywood is really enjoying that. And (laughs) I actually like seeing him in that role because we've been using the same guys in the same roles and they haven't really performed well. And so it seems like Archie is trending up. Also seems like Ryan Tapera is trending up his last 10 games, nine and two thirds, only four runs allowed. And the thing that I noticed with those guys, specifically with Loop, and I'm going to throw Detmers in here because we talked about him. Mm-hmm. I, the thing I noticed on Twitter were a lot of people who are good baseball minds saying, 
Uh, you know what? When he throws the fastball, he does this. And when he throws an off-speed, he's doing this. And it was mm. a matter of how he's putting his hands in his glove. It was a matter of how he's uh, releasing the ball and, mm-hmm. and what sort of motion he's using. And I think that that might be the issue with some of these guys, specifically with Aaron Loop. I mm. think that they're actually figuring out that, hey, when he's throwing us this... Here's what it looks like. And, oh, interesting. I mean, you see all the guys with the iPads, and so you know that they're looking at that stuff. And so I wonder if, as you're as you're doing a deep dive into Aaron Loop, I wonder if that might be something to look into. Well, he's clearly not fooling anybody. They clearly <laughs> no, know what's coming. I because... could hit him. <laughs> <laughs> you know who's who's I was really in, like interested in, mm-hmm. and then he was a pleasant surprise in April and May, and has struggled in June. Is Michael Lorenzen? I, you know what? I'm still on the Michael Lorenzen hype train. I okay. still think that he is a solid starter. Uh, look, I understand that he had a clunker against the Phillies, and then uh, the next time out he had a clunker against Seattle, and a lot of that had to do with the fact that he was having trouble gripping the ball. Now, he didn't make the complaint about gripping the ball. He, he complained that he couldn't grip the ball because he hit Justin Upton in the head. Right. But... I will say that MLB yesterday sent out a memo to all of the dugout staff members in every team and said, here is the specific way that you need to prepare each baseball with the mud that they use. And the mud comes in a can and they rub up the the baseball so that the pitchers can get a grip. Who's to say that... One clubhouse guy is not doing it the same way for the uh, the home clubhouse guy, sure. right? Sure. And, and so everyone said, well, Robbie Ray didn't have a problem with the baseballs. Yeah, and isn't that a problem? Right. <laughs> because our pitching staff right. certainly did. Ryan Tapera did last Friday. Michael Lorenzen had a problem with him uh, on Friday as well. I, oh, wait, Tapera was Thursday. But still, yeah. uh, all that to say... I think that while Michael Lorenzen has had some clunkers here, he's had three starts in June, 17 innings pitched, and a 6.88 ERA. A lot of that has to do with the fact that he had a five-run inning in the first. I was going to say it's the, the first Phillies. inning. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. had such a problem in that first inning, and then he settles in and gets a feel for things and starts to cruise. And so props to uh, Perry Manassian for recognizing that he has a good pitch mix and shouldn't be in the bullpen. Yeah. And you know what else? He should have been the one to pinch hit, not Juan Ligaris. <laughs> <laughs> because Give that guy bat. can hit. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So are you telling me that the Angels need a mutter? You think you and I could be the mutters? We could be the mutters. I would love to be a mutter. We'd make everybody <laughs> laugh, and we would be mut, mut, mutting it up and mucking it up. <laughs> Well, the last guy that we signed is Noah Syndergaard, and he's actually trending up. He had three starts in June so far, 18 innings pitched, 3.5 ERA, and he looked good against the Royals and hung in that game. Yeah, you're saying he's trending up despite the eighth inning where it fell apart. Good. Okay, good to know. I think he's trending (laughs) up. I think think he's looking... He's looking really good, right? If he and, hadn't come in for that eighth inning, like we talked about, I think he would, his line would have been much, much different. We probably would have got the win because oh, 100%. It, you go from Cindergarden in the seventh to, to Para in the eighth and maybe Archie Bradley because we're mad at Aaron Loop right now in the ninth. Uh, um, sorry, not the eighth, the eighth. I'm so confused Whenever right now. Aaron comes in, we're mad at him. That's we're mad at him, yeah. And then you have Rysel <laughs> shut it down. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think it, it's a whole different ball game if, Aaron, if uh, <laughs> I almost said Aaron Loop, if Noah Cindergard doesn't come in to the eighth inning in that game so yeah you know it is what it is and and uh that's that's kind of on phil nevin for letting that happen but that's the inexperienced manager coming through because 
This is not a situation that he's seen himself in before. Speaking of inexperienced managers, how about Ray Montgomery stepping in as the manager because uh, Phil got himself tossed, which yep. we wanted to see. I was excited to see that, but yep. is this a preview of, of next year and, and uh, who we might see managing this team? I don't know, but hint, that's hint, not hint. the subject here. It's the, uh, <laughs> it's the trending upward. Yeah, I think Noah Syndergaard definitely has been much better uh, as of late. I know that he struggled against uh, the Yankees and the Rangers, but the last couple of outings have been much, much better. So hopefully he can continue to trend upward and we can see a little bit better management out of the Angels in terms of handling. Is the starter able to come out again? I know Syndergaard's the type of guy will tell you, yeah, I'm ready to go again. But as a manager, you also have to kind of decide, uh, I know he's going to tell me yes, but I need to make the decision if if it's a good decision or not. You know who else is trending upward? It's the Locked on Angels listeners making this their first listen of the That's day. That's right. We appreciate that so much. We appreciate now, make you so the much. ultimate NBA mock draft your second listen of the day. The first picks of the mock draft have been made, so search ultimate NBA mock draft right now. You get 50 insiders, sports experts, draft experts of locked on NBA, and they're going to give you their opinions on who should be drafted, where the five episode ultimate NBA mock draft is now underway. We appreciate you uh, taking the time to give us your listen or your view on YouTube. Uh, if you want to catch us on Twitter, you can do so at LockedOnAngels. And you can also connect with Mike and I on Twitter and Instagram at SuperHaloBros. I do a little bit more uh, uh, free-flowing thought during the games on Super Halo Bros. So Unfiltered. My... <laughs> well, I wouldn't say unfiltered. I do filter myself. I'm not. If, if mom sees Twitter, I'm not going to get her mad at me. So. You can't get grounded. You're a married man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think she could still do it. Okay. Um, like, what do we have on deck for tomorrow, Mike? Uh, John and I are going to talk about who should be the Angels All-Stars this mm. season. We're going to give you our picks, who should start and who should be on the bench. That's coming up tomorrow. Looking forward to that conversation. Until then, my name is John, and that's my brother, Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother, John. And we appreciate you very, very much. Thanks for sticking with the Halos and for sticking with Locked On Angels. We'll see you right back here tomorrow for another brand new episode.